Hello, my name is Claire Inman. Welcome to Harbor Light Stories. We hope this podcast encourages your faith and brings people together. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Claire Inman. Welcome to Harbor Light Stories. Today, I'm very excited to have Christina Keene with me. Hey, everybody. <laughs> okay, why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about who you are? Um, currently I'm 25 years old. I am from Southern California, but I've lived here in Fremont for the last five years. I worked at Harbor Light for four and a half years, and I recently left Harbor Light so I could fundraise full-time as a missionary. Very fancy. <laughs> Thanks. Now you've told your testimony in church a few times before, but yeah. why don't you just give like, like a version of it? Real quick for anyone. Like a quick recap? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You know. So like I said, I grew up in Southern California and I came from like a broken family and each of my parents had had children in their previous marriages. So I was number four and I was from each of their second marriage and my parents met in a bar and they were alcoholics from before the time I was born. And I grew up in a really unstable environment. Both of my parents, like I said, were alcoholics, and we had trouble with money and other things like that. So I spent a lot of time outside hanging out in my neighborhood, and when I was eight years old, a neighbor's grandma invited me to church for the first time, and she said if I wanted to be friends with her granddaughters, I had to go to church. So I went to church, and when I was nine years old, I came home from church one day, and my mom had passed away from an overdose. For a long time, I quit going to church, and I continued on with life. I became depressed, and in high school, I ended up being diagnosed with major depression and anxiety, and I was put on some medication. I was also put on suicide watch, and I remember that when I had felt peace and hope last in my life, and that was when I went to church when I was eight years old, so... I had started going back to church when I was in high school, and my senior year of high school, I went to a youth winter camp, and I went down to the altar to receive Jesus, and when I came to the altar to receive him as my savior, I um, was also completely healed from my mental illness, and that's how I came to know Jesus. Very nice. (laughs) Thanks. And so then you ended up going to Northern Ireland for an internship. Yeah, I did. So I was signed up to go on a global passion uh, missions trip with my youth group before I was even saved. And um, I got saved. And then four months later, I graduated high school. And then two weeks after that, I went to uh, Derry for the first time. And I went and did their I Heart Dairy, so the VBS Kids Week that (laughs) everybody puts on. And then you decided to come back later on. I don't think, well, I didn't decide necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) So on my second day that I was there, um, I heard God speak to me, and it was the second time I'd ever heard him speak to me so clearly. And he said, that I was going to be returning to specifically the city dairy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, that's cool. So next summer, I guess I'll come back for another two weeks and I'll come back with my church and it'll be great. And the next summer came and the next summer went. Yeah, We didn't go. And I started thinking about what that means. Like 
okay, God, you told me I was supposed to be going back to Deary, but my church isn't going. So right after you ask God a big question, you normally would do something like this. So what I did was I went on Facebook and (laughs) right after I asked God that question and I saw a boy posting on Facebook who I had met during um, the missions trip Mm -hmm. and he was posting about how he was raising money to go to Ireland uh, to do an internship at the church in Derry that I had gone to and when I saw that post God spoke to me and said that that was what he wanted me to do and it was August of 2012 and I had just started my third semester of community college So I walked out of my bedroom into the living room and I turned to my dad and I said, hey, just wanted to let you know at the end of this semester, I'm dropping out of school and I'm going to raise money and I'm going to go move to Ireland for a year. And He said, good luck. And then (laughs) I did it. Crazy. Yeah, it was pretty cool. um, The whole experience of it because I applied and then I had from... I was told I got in in April and then April 2013 and then I essentially had from June until September 2013 to raise my all my money I needed to go and that Mm -hmm. was $12,000 and I had absolutely no money no financial help so I wrote a letter to 50 people (laughs) and it was even like my pediatrician I wrote a letter to everybody I could think of whose Uh address I had and I said uh, I'm doing this internship. If you want to help me, I need $12,000. Also, please pray for me. And I had only been saved for two years. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a big deal for me to like leave everything behind. Yeah. And in two weeks I had $2,000 and then I was like, okay, well I need a job. (laughs) Um, I feel like you can ask people to help you, but you should probably partner with God in practical ways. Mm -hmm. And my practical way would be getting a job to start saving up that money. And so um, within 24 hours, I had a job at a place where the people were Christians and they let me choose my hours, choose my days. And they gave me $2 above minimum wage, which was a big deal. And that was about another $2,000 by the end of the summer, which Mm -hmm. is a lot slower coming in than the first (laughs) $2,000. And then my pastor took me aside and said, we believe that you're called to go, but we don't know if it's going to be this summer because it was pretty much July and I only had 4,000 of the $12,000. I needed 8,000 more dollars. And I had all these plans on how I was going to get that money. I was going to like do a spaghetti luncheon and like make spaghetti for cheap and then sell it for like $10 a meal or like things like that. Cause that's what we had done the previous summer when we were raising money to go the first time Mm -hmm. and all my plans fell through and they all got canceled not because I wanted to cancel them but just stuff happened and uh eventually right after that conversation I got an email from a guy I had never met before and he said you don't know me but you know my daughter and she gave me your letter and I've been praying over it for the last four weeks and God told me to pay for the rest of your internship, no matter how much it is. So you let me know and I'll write you the check. So he wrote me a check for $8,000 and all $12,000 came in to the church in Ireland the day I arrived on the plane. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, it was (laughs) really cool. The church uh, finances guy was impressed. (laughs) Chris. Chris Sinclair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So then what are some things that you saw God do or that God taught you while you were doing your internship? Things that he taught me. Um, I think that the first thing I kind of had to learn was fully trusting in him. So I had really trusted in him for the finances. Mm -hmm. Like there was no, like I knew that if I didn't have the money before I went, there was no way that I was going to have the money after I went, like who was going to remember me and send money out to me. It's not like I even had a way for them to do it. It was trusting in him for everything. I had for the first time in my life moved to a place that I had never been before. I had no way to navigate it. And that is quite literally navigate it. Like I didn't (laughs) know how to get from point A to point B. I didn't know how the buses worked or public transport. And that was very overwhelming for me. Things like that. But the biggest thing was I didn't have friends. And obviously I made friends while I was there. But when you first arrive to a place and you don't have your family with you and you don't have anybody who has previous relationship with you. Like you, I didn't have any relationships built up. And so trusting in God to be like everything for me and to lead me in everything was the biggest thing for me. I think that I had a lot of moments where I had like little breakdowns and the biggest thing with like trusting God is I am a very um, do-it-yourself kind of person. I hate relying <laughs> on other people. I um, And that's obviously it's not healthy. Um, I sh- You know, every person should be balanced in how much, like you shouldn't be codependent, but you shouldn't be so independent that you have too much pride and you can't ask other people for yeah. help, right? So my biggest like life thing has been trying to balance that because I've been so independent my whole life and then I moved to this new place and I had no friends and I had to always ask other people to help me (laughs) can you give me a ride to this place hey do you know about you know just over and over again I Mm -hmm. had to approach people I had no relationship with like lay my pride down over and over and over again and ask for advice and for help and all that was trusting in God because I definitely wouldn't have been able to do it without him. So so then you've been back here for, like you said, around like five years. Yeah, five years in September. Mm-hmm. And pretty much this whole time you've been going through the process of becoming a missionary. Mm-hmm. So how has God been in that process? Well... I think that a lot of people, because the way I talk about hearing from God, I say, God said this to me and Mm -hmm. then I do it. And then God tells me another thing and then I do it. And that's essentially how I talk about my life. And a lot of people tell me that they don't hear God in that way. Mm -hmm. And they're not really sure how I hear God so well. And I think that for me, um, obedience is one of the first things God taught me so doing what he tells me to do is really important to me and sometimes at the very beginning especially um I would do something hoping I was right that it was what he told me to do and that I wasn't hearing him wrong and every time I was obedient um and did what I thought he was telling me to do um his voice became more and more clear to me Mm -hmm. And the day after I became a believer, um, 
was the day I was called to missions and it wasn't like a high priority thing for me actually and I didn't know what it looked like. I had always been drawn to missionaries even before I was saved and I loved what they were doing and they were my favorite part of church and Mm -hmm. so cool to me. And the day after I got saved, they had this altar call where all the kids were who had gone down to the altar the day before to receive Jesus. They wanted um, them to stand if they felt called to ministry. So they listed different kinds of ministry and they said for us to stand when we got to the one that best fit us. And when they said missions, I was standing before I ever thought about it. <laughs> and I was a little bit embarrassed, so I sat down and... No one from my church asked me about it, and Mm -hmm. I kind of forgot about it, and then I went on that missions trip, and I was going, yeah, okay, that's missions enough for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't wasn't like I was, like, immediately, like, this is my life call. This is who I am. You know, actually, like, I went to Ireland, right, like, four months later, and God told me I was going to return, and I still didn't think that was for life. Mm -hmm. And when he told me I was going to return... I knew it wasn't going to be like right away. Like I had, I was being practical. I thought, okay, the next summer I'm going to come on this trip. Right. Yeah. Like I'm trying to interpret what he said to me. Like I heard what he said, but I didn't know the full extent of what he meant by it. Mm -hmm. And, um, part of that was when I was leaving Ireland, I felt like you're going to go back to Derry. But he also said to me, but in the meantime, I just want you to be a youth leader at your local church. Yeah. And I was like, cool. So I was so happy. I was a youth leader for two years before I went back to Ireland. And, um, I was really content with that. So content. I completely forgot about even standing for full-time missions to begin with. And so when I got to Ireland for the internship, it literally in my head was just a year-long internship that I was doing in pursuing Mm -hmm. God. And I wasn't thinking at all about being a missionary full-time for my life. And one day I was waiting to meet with my internship director, Andy, and I was the last intern to meet with him that day. He was checking in on all of us, seeing how we were. And Mm -hmm. um, I was sitting in front of my desk and I was kind of spinning in a spinny chair and (laughs) kind of thinking and praying a little bit and I felt like um in that moment God was reminding me that he had talked to me about being a missionary two years before that and for me I was going really like are you sure that's what you want me to do with my life and he was like yeah and I was like okay and I it was my turn then the door opened and I walked in and the first thing Andy said to me was so you're called to missions And we hadn't talked about it before, but God had just been talking to me about it literally 30 seconds before that. And that Mm -hmm. was my big confirmation for me. Yeah. So then the rest of that year changed my mindset because it was probably November when that happened. Mm -hmm. And then in April is when we went to Brussels. And so right before we went to Brussels, we had another meeting with Andy and he turned to the three of us interns and he listed our different strengths and different things that he knew that God had told us. And mm-hmm. he challenged each of us um, in those strengths. And for me, it was, Christina, God told you that you're called to missions, but do you even know where you're called to go? You need to find out. And I was like, oh, dang. And as soon as he <laughs> asked me that question, God actually spoke to me immediately. And he said, Europe to me. And then... um at the end of the internship, I came, I came back to America and I moved up here to the Bay because your dad and your grandma and your uncle offered me a job. And 
So that's when I came to work at Harbor Light. So I kind of at that moment set my mind on what the Lord had previously told me. So the last five years, I've known that God had called me to missions and was speaking to me about it. So I didn't need somebody to confirm that again. And I didn't need to like ask him for other words. Do you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. I was still doing the first thing. And if we're obedient to the thing in front of us, then like he's going to bless us in that. And then he'll tell us about the next thing. Yeah. And so the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to go back to school because I wanted to be a missionary through the assemblies of God and to be a missionary through the assemblies of God, you have to be a minister and to be a minister in the assemblies of God, you have to have some schooling. And I had already dropped out of college. So (laughs) it wasn't like God was like, okay, Christina, go to school and become a pastor. It was like, God told me I to be a missionary. The assemblies of God feels like the best route for me. I feel peace about going to the assemblies of God. Mm -hmm. Um, missions program like so that's what I need to do so you know so some people like wait for every single step to have the okay and I think you know God also trusts us to make some choices so um, I wanted to go to school right away and I felt uh, I didn't have peace about it and so I worked here at Harbor Light for one year and at the end of one year I felt like God said okay you can you can go to school now. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it was perfect timing because really if I tried to go to school when I first got back, I would have been in a lot of debt. Yeah. And I didn't have a credit card at the time. So I had I was just got a credit card and was building my credit. So I wouldn't have been able to afford going to school if I had tried the first year. Mm-hmm. But when he told me, it was the very end of the summer. And I was like, God, you know, this is really inconvenient that you <laughs> wouldn't have told me earlier this summer. So I could have started like working on things to be ready by the semester starting in September, not cool, God, you know, <laughs> I was like pretty, um, I felt like, why would you tell me this? And it's not going to work. Like the time frame isn't going to work out. And I had been thinking about going to, um, a specific school online and nothing was falling into place. And I ended up talking to one of my friend's sisters who was going to Northwest, uh, university online and she, and also on campus in Sacramento. And she said mm-hmm. to me, you should look into it. And I looked into it and that was, that felt like it was right for me. It felt good. So, um, I contacted them and, you know, most people start school August, September, they were starting my next semester in October. So it was actually perfect timing. Yeah. Right. When God told me I was released was the perfect timing to start talking to them about it. So I went to school for a little over a year. Um, it would have been a perfect year, but I, was placed on academic probation when I started the school because they wouldn't take my college transcripts. They only took my high school transcripts. And when I was in high school, I was mentally ill and um, <laughs> struggling at school. Yeah. So, because God healed me of my mental illness semest- second semester of my senior year of high school. So, um, my grades in high school were terrible mm-hmm. and they were only going off of my high school transcripts. So, they started me off on academic probation, I ended up finishing with a 3.75 GPA, mm-hmm. but, um, on academic probation, you can't do a semester full-time, so, oh. um, you can only do part-time, so I wasn't allowed to take one extra class, and if I could have taken that one extra class, I would have finished in exactly a year, but I actually ended up finishing on my sixth Christian anniversary, oh. um, and so February 26th, is my Christian anniversary and I finished it in 2017 
So that was really cool for me. Yeah. And then I immediately applied to be licensed with the Assemblies of God because um, that's how I can then start missions. So it wasn't, you know. So then I just followed that through and I was still working here at Harbor Light. And so, and I'm, my job here at Harbor Light has been an admin and uh, it is something that I'm good at. So filling out some paperwork to get some get through a process is really easy for me uh-huh. um, a lot of people would like push the paperwork to the side and I'm like let's get this done <laughs> and so I filled out all the paperwork did all the applications and then we had a really big women's event coming up with your grandma uh, mm-hmm. we had a conference coming up and I all I had to do is take my test to be licensed but because we were working so hard for this conference, I knew I couldn't study for the test yet. So I put that off for a little bit. And then right after the conference, I studied for the test for a month. And then I took the test in December. And then I got licensed on my seventh Christian anniversary oh, to wow. the exact date. That's what it says on my paperwork. That's crazy. I know. It's almost like God has planned this whole <laughs> thing the whole time. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was really cool. So I became licensed and in February, but then I had to um, be essentially presented as a Mm -hmm. minister at district council. And that was in April of uh, last year. So I came down and they prayed for me and um, that kind of makes it like super official. So Mm -hmm. I, the week after that, I applied for missions because I was finally um, a licensed minister with the AG. And so that's where I started my process. So I started my process for missions a little over a year ago, mm-hmm. April 2018. And so then you're actually going back to Northern Ireland to be a m- missionary. Yeah, I am. Do you have any idea of um, the kind of stuff God wants you to do there? Or has he not told you yet? I have always been the kind of person who likes variety. Yeah. And at, I've only ever gone to three churches. I've gone to the church that I um, went to when I got saved in Southern California. I've gone to the church in Derry, Cornerstone, and I have gone to Harbor Light here in Fremont. Yeah. And when I was in Southern California, I worked in youth ministry specifically as, Mm -hmm. and then I also helped them with administration. And then I went to Cornerstone and I did a little bit of everything. And I realized how exciting that was for me to do kids and youth and women and set up and (laughs) take down and, you know, list it going on and on. Mm -hmm. I really loved that. And then coming here to Harbor Light, I have um, been placed under um, women's ministry, prayer ministry, and media, mm-hmm. but I still wanted to do more. So for fun, I've done youth and young adults the whole time, <laughs> right? Um, so in going back to Ireland, you know, the one thing it, since becoming a believer has stayed constant for me, and that is that I have been in youth group some kind of some way mm-hmm. um, since I was 13 years old, <laughs> and I'm almost 26. And I don't think that will ever change for me. Youth ministry is really important to me. Mm-hmm. It's where I, you know, met God for the first time. It's where a lot of my friends met God for the first time. And if you um, read the statistics, older statistics said that 
50% of kids who go to youth group will leave the faith and kids who've never gone to youth group have a very low chance of coming to faith yeah and or even going to church before they're 18 specifically Mm -hmm. and I think um youth group and children's ministry is really vital for our future yeah so I am I think always going to want to be a part of youth ministry of some kind in some way um and I I'm going to a church that I think I'll be able to do variety again. Um, I think I'm going to be able to have my hand in the pot kind of (laughs) everywhere. I'm going to be able to help um, wherever I can. And that's also something that brings me a lot of joy is just helping in different areas. Wherever Mm -hmm. there is kind of a need is where I like to be. That just made me think, what are some things you've seen God do in youth groups not necessarily just harbor lights but i mean you can talk about harbor lights if you want but yeah well um i have seen a lot you know um over the years but i think a lot of my highlights are at harbor light because i have been older and i have had a little bit of training you know i think i got my training in southern california and in ireland and that (laughs) kind of prepared me for the last five years of ministry and um I would say you know one of my favorite things was most of them happened at leadership camp Mm -hmm. and um our church brings kids um whitewater rafting every summer and then they get leadership training and I was told when I first was coming that every like towards the end of the camp we would have this night called the holy spirit night Mm-hmm. and my year was the first year, my first year there was the first year they said that Holy Spirit night happened every night, <laughs> not just the last night. So I got to see essentially inner healing for the first time, like right in front of me for mm-hmm. a lot of kids my first year. And then the second year, I had a student come up to me and ask me to pray for another student with her, mm-hmm. and that student wanted to receive the gift of speaking in tongues and I um was very nervous about that (laughs) I had never prayed for somebody to receive that gift before but I knew that it was all Jesus right and also um I called another youth leader over to pray with me (laughs) because I was nervous and um I prayed for him with this student and I waited and I I also kind of asked him for a little bit. I said, have you prayed for this before? And he said, yeah, I've been asking God for this for a long time. He said multiple years. And I felt even more pressure. And then I thought, you know, this is a gift that God wants to give to all of us. Any gift that we want, he wants to give to us. Like a gift of the spirit, of course he wants to give it to us. Um, And it's all just in his timing. So I explained to the student that, whether or not he received this gift that day that God had something special for him, Mm -hmm. but that we were going to ask him for it again. And I, you know, I said a lot more than that. I talked, I did a long spiel, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I also explained that God doesn't force us to say or do anything. He gives us free will. Mm -hmm. And in my experience in speaking in tongues, we will have words come to mind that we don't know what they mean right 
mm-hmm. and or on feels like it's on the tip of your tongue, but you'll never be forced to say them. And I explained that to him too. And I think a lot of people feel like it's going to just be forced out of them and they won't be able to control it. And it's like any kind of language you choose when you speak. Yeah. And so I said that to him and another leader came over and we prayed for him and he ended up um, getting his prayer language. And I was so excited and I walked away (laughs) and I thought, okay, I'll just pray with the next kid in line because there was a lot of kids who wanted prayer. Mm-hmm. And as I was looking around for who to pray with, it was getting really dark. There's no lights outside. We're in the dirt, <laughs> this camp. And that boy came back to me. He pulled, like he pulled my arm in the middle of the dark. And he was like, I have another person who wants the same thing. Can you pray for them too? And he brought, and he had just received this gift and he brought me another kid who wanted the same thing. And I um, gave him the spiel, but then I had that student pray for him who had just received his um prayer language and because I wanted to show it's not just it's not me you -hmm. know and God can be moving through all of us and so that student prayed and uh for the other boy Mm -hmm. and that boy got his prayer language and he also fell to the ground under the presence (laughs) of God (laughs) and that was really cool and then I moved on again and then I got brought to a third kid and I did it, I did the spiel again, and then I had the second kid who got their prayer language pray for the third kid, mm-hmm. and that person got their prayer language, and then it happened again for a fourth kid, they pulled me to a fourth kid, <laughs> it was four kids in a row, and um, the fourth kid also got their prayer language, and it was two boys and two girls, they all got it within probably 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and that was a big highlight for me, um, another highlight for me was your sister had been wearing a ring that you guys got in Ireland right before you came back to the States and she lost it in the river Mm -hmm. and she was heartbroken. (laughs) (laughs) And another leader, Nikki was praying and walking through the river Mm -hmm. and just diving and she found the ring and she'd been praying and searching for that ring, like for the afternoon for your sister. Mm -hmm. And this is a big river yeah and the water moves fast and there's no reason ever that anything should have been found at the bottom of that river where it was Mm -hmm. found I really think it was only because of prayer and like Mm -hmm. God's goodness and Nikki found it in the afternoon but we waited until after (laughs) dinner and um we did what's called honor chair and Mm -hmm we put a chair in the middle of everybody around a circle and we make people sit in it and we say things that are honoring to them, things we like about them, things that we see in them that are good, all that kind of stuff. And we brought Madeline to the middle and then Nikki was like, I've been praying for you and I feel like God really wants to show you how much he loves you. And I found your ring at the bottom (laughs) of the river and your sister cried intensely Maybe it's not nice I'm saying that in a podcast, but she was so overwhelmed with joy. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, a really special moment. And then one time I was praying for a student's mom. Their mm-hmm. mom came in to pick them up from youth group, and she had a lot of back pain. And um, we were going to pray for her back to be healed 
and I really didn't know this student very well at the time and I definitely didn't know her mother yeah and um I looked down at her feet and her feet started glowing to me oh and I had never experienced anything like that in my entire life and I thought why are her feet glowing mm-hmm. that's so weird what does that mean and I felt like God said one of her legs is longer than the other one mm-hmm. and I went oh why are you telling me that and and I was like okay and God was like pray for her leg to grow Mm -hmm. and I went no make her leg grow (laughs) you already know why do I have to pray for it (laughs) and um uh God was like pray for her and I was like no (laughs) it was just went back and forth over and over again he's like pray for her and um I was really fighting it and she they finished praying for her and this was all while somebody else was praying for her I was Uh having this dialogue back and forth with God and um they stop and I turned her and I said can I ask you a question (laughs) this might be really crazy and she's like okay sure what is it and I said are one of your legs longer than the other one she said yeah my mom has always had to hem one of my pant legs my whole (laughs) life because of how much longer one leg is from the other one um and I was like okay and then I prayed for her and so that was like the first time I had ever taken a big step in asking someone a question like that Mm because I guess that would be considered a word of knowledge like knowing something about them yeah without them having told you and so that was the first time I kind of acted on that and I did not want to do it (laughs) but I acted in it and I asked her about it and I was correct and then Last year at camp was my favorite year. I am, I don't feel like I'm a very articulate person. And uh, giving kind words, like giving words of encouragement, is something that the words mean so much to me that when I say something, uh, it takes me a long time to to decide what I want to say. And then I have to really think through it every year at camp. Uh, we do this thing and the girls call it speed dating, but it's not speed <laughs> dating at all. But it ha- it's in the concept where you sit across a table from people and like you're in a row. So it's like a lunch table mm-hmm. and there's like 10 girls on one side, 10 girls on the other side. And you have one minute to tell them all the things you like about them. <laughs> um, and I wanted to prepare for that <laughs> because I was nervous that I didn't, I wouldn't have something to say to all the girls when I got to them. Mm-hmm. And we were going to be doing it towards the end of the week. And on the first night, I took my journal and I wrote down the names of every girl in our youth group that was there. Mm-hmm. And I also looked at some of the boys and I wrote their names down too, just a couple of them. And I asked God to tell me something about them. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting something for every kid whose name I wrote down. Oh, cool. And we ended up not doing the encouragement <laughs> thing that camp, but every single person I had gotten something for, I ended up being able to share what I had for them mm-hmm. during the camp. Yeah. And I felt like I heard God so clearly in a way that I had, you know, to have a word for what, like 15 kids, maybe more than that, um, within a couple of days. Like, that's not normal for me. I don't really receive that many encouraging (laughs) words for people that I feel like are from God Uh and um for some of them I think it helped decide what they were going to be doing in college even like changed their futures 
um, <laughs> which I think is a really big deal. And I'm really excited about it for them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really cool that God would let me be a part of helping someone in deciding yeah. their future. Uh huh. Yeah. Stuff like that. So you have been raising funds to go back to Northern Ireland as a missionary. And if anyone wants to donate to that or help, how can they support you? Um, I have a link that anybody could go to to give to me financially. It is S1, the number one, s1.ag.org slash keen, K-E-E-N. But if anybody wants to follow my newsletter or um, know anything that I'm doing, I have a link that they could go to that would give bring them to like seven other links of all the different <laughs> things that I'm doing. And that one is linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Christina Keen. And they could go to that and follow me and all my updates and all the things that I'm doing and also give to me financially if they'd like to. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming in, Christina. I'm so glad I got to get you in here before you left. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. got my passport today, so it's pretty cool. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah. Congratulations. We're almost there. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about our church, you can check out our website at harborlight.com.